Quiet Storm. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Shot Callers, presented by 48 Minutes Network. I'm your host, Kyle Brannon. Joining me as always... <laughs> breathing into the mic like a monster. My man, Ben Brown. Ben, I'm not even going to ask how you're doing. Man, I just want to be a part of the intro. That's you all I want it. to be. You did it. Uh, I just wanted to make the intro. Yeah, good. Uh, we have a great show. Richard Ivanowski uh, from Sacktown Royalty. Our Shout God, out to man. them. He's joining us. We do a really great interview with him. Uh, after that, we uh, we have a discussion about the Eastern Conference. We talk about the Bucks. We talk about the Celtics. A little bit of everything. Rockets. Um, Lakers, so make sure you stick around after the interview. Um, but here it is. Enjoy. And we're here with maybe our best friend of the pod. Yes. Richard Ivanowski. Richard, uh, what's up, man? Yeah, what's yeah. going on, my man? Yeah, I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. I've, I've been following along and uh, really been enjoying the season so far and your guys' coverage. Thanks, yeah, man. man. We, I feel like we almost force Kings talk just to try and chat with you or chat about the Kings. Um, so we're we're for the culture, so fighting the good fight over here. Man. Absolutely, as much as you guys want. And, uh, I mean, to be fair, the Kings definitely have given us something to talk about in the first uh, first 10 games here. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. I mean, we we when we talked before over the summer, I know that we were, were – trying to look for some positives and we were, weren't very, you know, happy with their roster and some of the things that they were doing and for them to come out these first 10 games and just, I mean, be lights out. It's been a lot of fun. I'm sure Sacramento is, is pleasantly surprised. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I think that, uh, we saw the schedule and like, you know, we're still just getting into it. We have a really nasty stretch of games coming up, but some people were, projecting like three and 17 like that type of a start to the oh season my gosh. Um, and i mean that's yeah that's like uh big time kings fans like uh there's a guy on the radio here who loves talking about the kings and even he was saying like you know maybe five and 15 at best to start it off so we're already over that hump which is nice well yeah i mean six and four now as we're recording this pod you know you guys took some lumps uh, today, which I mean, I, I'm sure you know, we were talking about um, the Bucks. Or I mean, on the road, you travel cross country to play the Bucks, who probably uh, top three team in the league right now. Top, I mean, they're they're yeah up I mean, there for sure. Yeah, I mean, they're they're right there. I mean, you guys took some lumps today, but you know, as a young team, you know, you guys couldn't have asked for a better start uh, to start out six and four in your first ten. Yeah, absolutely. And we had uh, we ran off five in a row there. Um, that was definitely a surprise, especially being you know three of them on the road. We had uh, win it. We had a win at home against Memphis, and then against the Wizards, and then we went and beat the Heat, uh, the Magic, and the Hawks in pretty quick succession. There are not a lot of days off, and uh, definitely the the number one thing that everyone's pointing to is the pace. Uh, I'm sure if you guys have caught any of these games, you just see them, them they're running older teams off the court. And uh, while that last, while this last stretch of five games hasn't really been a murderous row, a lot of these teams are tough teams, but they're, they're older. And you see it particularly in the second half that teams are getting tired. Memphis is an older team. 
the Heat is a little bit, you know, there's some young guys, but they're kind of more in that late 20s, early early 30s range. And in the Orlando game, there was a really interesting moment where Terrence Ross was had the hot hand for the Magic, and he was just hitting every shot. And then he had to he waved to the bench and had to be he asked to be taken out because he was gassed. Wow. Yeah, I saw that uh, that chart you retweeted um, by, I've, I don't know who the person is, John. Uh, yeah. He's sort of lineup or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's awesome. Uh, but it really just showed how their point differential, like at the end of games, they just turn it on. That's like one of the main things I've noticed. I've also noticed that uh, Ben loves to say, my kings, but then when they lose today, they're definitely your kings. Yeah. <laughs> those, those, are two, those are the two biggest takeaways from the kings this season, is that I mean, yeah, Ben I'm dies guilty. easy with them. I'm a little guilty of that myself, because I, I try to walk that line where, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, the king did this and that team did this and then uh but you know when they're winning it's it's you know it's my team yeah we uh, right exactly we won they lost yeah so as you know uh we're in northern kentucky um we're about five minutes away from cincinnati or so um and so being in kentucky tons of uk fans uh, yeah. i know where this is going already darren fox man yeah Okay. My so man. I, I actually, My man. I was afraid you were going to go with the more Willie talk, but oh, we we can hey, go. We'll, Willie. we'll, we'll start. Willie, we'll start yeah. Willie then. How about that? We'll go Willie. Right. Um, he seems to be good at everything but rim protection and rebounding. Which, like, if you scouted him out of college, you thought this guy's only going to be good at rim protection and rebounding. Yeah, what's, it's go- what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> what's happening? Um, all right, so it's actually – I think we can kind of start with both guys because this is um, – you know, if the question is, you know, what are these guys doing or which players are have improved, I think that there's kind of a – basically, you know, Fox has gotten better in every way and, like, every aspect of his game has improved this year by a huge amount. And I think pretty much the rest of the team is kind of smoke and mirrors. So I think this is a good uh, this is a good dichotomy here these two players because we're just attempting so many more shots and there's just so many more boards to go around so many more stats to go around that guys like Willie their numbers are looking a lot better but it's kind of empty calories in a way uh, whereas Fox I really just see him he's improved every aspect of his game his shooting looks better even though the numbers may not necessarily be there yet. It just, he's got so much more confidence. His passes look sharper. His drives, I mean, you know, and especially with this this pace, that is really his game is just flying down the court. And uh, his decision-making has improved. Everything about his game has improved. But guys like Willie, I'm just not seeing it. You know, I don't, I know the numbers are there, but I don't feel confident. I don't like the way that he plays defense. It's just kind of like stomach churning to see him even tonight, he had a couple blocks, but it's like he gets lost in pick and rolls so badly. He's not doing what a center should do. He's not doing what a seven-footer should do. And, you know, at the end of the day, I just – it just feels like the same old Willie, but now sort of on – you know, with a stat line on steroids with this pace. Right. It's, I, yeah. it's so crazy when he averaged, like, over two blocks, two blocks a game, but he was only playing, like – 
20 minutes or so in college. I don't know. Like, I felt like that was his game. And I guess it's just not translating. It's really weird. It, I don't know anymore. He's he does not block shots at all. He uh, <laughs> he was, he averaged zero zero point three blocks coming into today's game. That's yeah. pretty good. Which is yeah, that's pretty good. Like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't I don't get it. Uh, I know I know that we had talked about. Uh, I mean, me and you converse on Twitter, uh, Richard, and and we had talked about you know where does Giles fit in all this? I mean. He's yeah. the guy that's supposed to be the future. Yet, you know, he's got a he's got a couple DMP coaches' decisions in there, and and he hasn't been playing a whole lot. So, I, I mean, the plan is to still he's still the guy, right? Like they're not, I mean, they're not going to lean their hopes and dreams on Kali Stein, right? Um, I don't, you know, it's sometimes predicting the front office can be a little bit treacherous, but. Um, you know, in long term, I don't think that the plan is really call a sign. Uh, I believe that Bagley and Giles both can actually protect the rim a little bit. And uh, Giles is more of a steals man, but he can do it all. I think that he can defend the five better than call Stein could. And down the long run, absolutely, this is going to be, you know, at least ideally, hopefully it's going to be Bagley the four. Giles at the five, but um, yeah, I mean, and Bagley's already been, you know, blocking the hell out of the ball. He's yeah. he's swatting shots every everywhere, left and right. Um, but yeah, I think uh, a little bit on Twitter, uh, we were talking about and Kyle too about how um, basically getting off to this hot hot start is kind of kind of burying Giles on the bench because mm-hmm. he's not ready right now. And suddenly the team is getting these, you know, the feeling that they can go on these runs and they can win. You know, if we can stay above 500, they're happy to keep Giles on the bench if, if the wins keep rolling in. But ultimately, I do think that is a little bit of fool's gold. And eventually, uh, it'll get back to more development. Right, right. I have loved the play from uh, big man B. Elisa. And I've been practicing how I say it. So how, do, how am I doing? Yeah, I think that's... Uh, Thanks, man. That means <laughs> I, a lot. Hear, I hear the producer in the background throw a T, a T in there. <laughs> okay, uh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he like, seems to be shooting the lights out. I mean, he yeah. like he can get pretty hot. Um, it's not the, the word elite in there. Elite. Be elite like, you know, He's an elite shooter, so it's be elite Is he an elite shooter? I mean, yeah, he he shot over forty percent from three last year, and okay. uh, and he shot he's been shooting like sixty percent from three this year. So all right, yeah, no, I'll I, give it to you. That there you go. Yeah, I mean, he, he's shooting fifty five percent. I mean, he's, he's yeah. knocking them down for there. a big guy at least. I mean, yeah. he's about as good a shooter as they come. So but, um, go ahead. But but yeah, no, I I mean, I, I was just going to mention him as another part of I think. a little bit of the smoke and mirrors of it all because, um, you know, shooting 55% from the field, shooting 60 or, you know, really close to 60% from three, those numbers just aren't sustainable. So that's going to come down. Yeah, absolutely. How do you see uh, Bogey fitting in when he gets back? And what is his timetable? Uh, I I see a couple mixed things on Twitter. I don't really know who to – who to really account for without like a blue check next to their name, I guess. But right. um, when is he going to be back in the lineup? 
he can come back as early as uh, the seventh against the the Raptors at home. But if he does make an appearance, I think they'll bring him in real slow. Uh, the the knee thing has been reoccurring, so you know, especially even though he he was a rookie last year, he's an older rookie, and uh, you know, so they're going to want to work him in slowly. But uh, our bench needs a lot of help, so we we certainly want him back as soon as possible. Absolutely. Uh, how long do you think it'll take to get him really back in the swing of things and back to being uh, kind of the player we saw last year? Probably take him until the end of the month to really be the guy that that oh, he okay. is to really be a hundred percent. Yeah, gotcha. But uh, he'll be he'll be making he'll be taking some serious minutes by the you know, the middle of this month. I'm sure you're excited that it's not going to be all Justin Jackson all day. <laughs> is there a player that that King's Twitter has hated more? Is it like I feel like it's so trendy to hate Justin Jackson? He's like the cold play of like basketball players, where like people just hate people just hate him because like you can hate him. Is that yeah. is that where we're at with Justin Jackson? It's like uh, it's like it's uh, it's like yeah, hipster hipster and cool to hate Justin Jackson. It really, it really is. <laughs> I uh, who is your leading scorer today? Yeah, Justin Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> it's that miserable. Sucks. That's that's that doesn't. That is the worst part of today's game. <laughs> do you root for Do you root for him on the court? Well, uh, I mean, of course, I want him to be good, but um, there's kind of this feeling that when when he when he shows out and has a good game, it always feels like it's just enough to keep him around for like three more games where he's terrible. Yeah. So. You know what I mean? Like, he'll hit that one corner three, and it looks so sloppy, and it barely goes in, and you're like, oh, that's enough to give him ten more minutes in this rotation, and it just bums <laughs> you out. He's, like, enabling himself. He's, like, enabling more Justin Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, I'd, almost, I'd almost rather him shoot 0% from three and then just not, <laughs> not be playful. I love it. Because then he'll be pulled completely, you know? <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, the other guy that that stuck out to me is as far as uh, leading the search for the Kings is Buddy Heald, and I know that we talked about Buddy before. Um, how he's that guy that really went kind of unnoticed, but he's been having putting together some really good uh, seasons previous to this year. And this year, I mean, he's averaging almost twenty points, um, and he's he's kind of been a, a spark for them as well. So. What's the feel for Buddy Hill there in Sacktown? Uh, I mean, Sacramento loves him. You know, um, I know that I know you're a big fan as well. Yeah. You had envisioned him as a twenty point per game guy, and here he is doing it. Um, I, I personally am still pumping the brakes because while he has an unbelievable shot and he's kind of established his his floor at that like. Kyle Korver, JJ Redick type of just pure shooter. Mm-hmm. I'm still not seeing anything else. Um, he's getting to the rim a little more, drawing a few more fouls, and that's good. But uh, I just I don't feel like his defense is there, and uh, he his his handles are not good. They're they're below average for a guard, and you know you see him dribble the ball off his leg every every now and then, and it's right. a little bit concerning. But Again, that's not really his role when Bogey is healthy, you know. Right, right. But yeah, you know, I, if he can, if you know, he's still young. It's his third year. If he can, if he can develop a few other serviceable tools, he can be, um, 
he, he can add more elements to his game, but he's kind of, for me now, he's kind of in that J.J. Redick floor to Ray Allen ceiling type of player, which, which certainly isn't to say. Uh, oh, dang. Yeah, you know, not to say it's disappointing because if he can ever, if he can hit 44, 45% of his threes on his career, that's which isn't out of the question, yeah, then that's that's, that's a rare idea. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good career, absolutely. A, a floor of J.J. Redick. I think so. I mean, maybe, wow. I guess, would you put would, Kyle Korver below him? Uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I really like J.J. Redick. I do, too. I would say, yeah. like, the floor, I guess, is, like, J.R. Smith. I don't know. Is oh. that a thing? <laughs> I feel like that's low. Would you say that's a dirty floor, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I get, like, like J.R. Smith is, like, a really poor man's, uh, like, J.J. Redick or Corver, I think. Like, he can get kind of hot and, like, hit some threes, but he could be He could be J.R. Smith minus the Hennessy addiction, I guess. <laughs> I there you go. Good point. Who's going who's gonna to project out to have a better career, him or Malik Monk? You know, I actually haven't caught any Hornets games this year. Okay, um, that's fair. I've heard I've heard some buzz about him. What's going on? What's going? I mean, how's he? How's he looking right now? He's doing well. He's doing well. I, I think he's kind of on that same trajectory that we're talking about for Buddy Heel. Um, gotcha. So I, I just think similar styles. Um, yeah. Uh, so so when I looked at the draft that uh, that De'Aaron Fox came from the 2017 draft. If yeah. you were to do a redraft today, it's probably Tatum then Mitchell or whatever whatever order you want to do Tatum and Mitchell. We don't have to do that conversation today. Tatum and Mitchell one and two. Um, maybe Laurie Markinen, maybe. Maybe, but but is def- yeah, De'Aaron Fox is probably up there, right? And like probably the next one up. Yeah, I mean, that's a first of all, it's an incredible Markel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No question above Markel Fultz, right? I mean, I mean, Markel can't shoot at all. He's uh, like JJ Redick. We were just talking about is is so much more obviously the answer right now in Philly. But um, yeah, I mean, Tatum is there. Mitchell has been off to a rocky start, but there's no doubt that he's a great player. I th- I'll agree with that one too. Markinen, um, we haven't really seen the defense, but then again, he hasn't played this season yet, so it's hard to really kind of compare apples to apples there. Yeah. Like Kuzma, I'd, I'd take him over Kuzma. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I'm so, there with you. I so th- the, the question is him or Lonzo, right? I mean, that's right. the... There we go. Where, I mean, where are you guys at with that right now? November 10th, baby. Yeah. Well, November yeah. 10th. Yeah. Lonzo doesn't want that smoke. No, that's all I'm saying. So. Is Lonzo's got that heat before. He, he, he doesn't want to, those De'Aaron Fox problems. Yeah, he's got a taste of that before, and, it, and he is yeah. not liking it. I really like Lonzo's defense. That's yeah. really about it right now. I think that Lonzo's a better passer, and I think that Lonzo's a better uh, defender. I think he's got a little bit better size and strength, but he doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the creation or the offense that Fox has. Yeah. Um, it's really tough for me. I, I'm on the record amongst my, uh, coworkers at Satown Royalty. I have said that I think Lonzo has a higher ceiling than Fox. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but, but either, right, I mean, either way, we're right looking now, at Tatum, yeah. uh, Tatum, Mitchell, probably Lonzo and then Fox. 
I um, think Fox, yeah, Fox is playing way better right now. There, there's no question about that. So I think that's a coin flip. If you, if you, if whoever's drafting, if you need an offensive creator, which is what the Kings need, uh, you take Fox. And if you are looking for maybe a longer project player who can give you that D and can uh, just sort of distribute and facilitate a more ready to win offense, I think that's Lonzo. Yeah. That's just that's just a testament to how awesome a GM Vladi is. Just what a great draft pick, really. Great guy. Great GM. <laughs> Why can <are> you say <laughs> Well No me, but he me, he later selected Justin Jackson that same night, so I, he picked Harry Giles, so you know Oh there you go. It's all redeemable. How so what is the grade for that draft in general? Because it has it's, Harry Giles and Darren Fox, but also it gave you the heart problems that is Justin Jackson. Um, what's, it's what's really that? tough because uh, at te- like we traded down from ten to get fifteen and twenty, and at ten Donovan Mitchell was on the board, mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's all hindsight, you know, and that's not really fair, especially dude, in drafts. Dude, the Pistons took Luke Kennard, the pick before Mitchell. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's a shooting guard, so they. T- <laughs> That's yeah. I, I live with it daily, so yeah. That's true because we do get the excuse of you know we already have shooting guards, we already have Buddy, we already yeah. have Bogey. Uh, but even guys like OG and Anobi were there uh, when Justin Jackson was taken. So. But I mean, the way that Fox is playing, that's at least a passable grade, I and mean, that's at least a, you know. At the very least, a B minus. Still, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I'd give that Absolutely. a very solid B for sure. Yeah, I'll but, go uh, B. Well, what do you guys think? Let me turn the tables and ask you guys about this most recent draft. What have you guys thought about Marvin Bagley so far? Um, so I don't know if I mentioned this on on our podcast with you. Um, two things: one, he's on my fantasy basketball team, so I'll always root for him, and it's a dynasty league, so I'm like, I'm I'm really in it. I got. I have a five-year contract on him, so I'm like all in. Um, but I did pick him as my my like bust player for this draft. Um, I haven't been super impressed. Like I guess some of his skill set is is great. Um, I like I really like that spin move he does. I'm like in love with it. It's like so fast. I don't know. Um, you mean the one where he he goes to his right and then spins left because he can't shoot from the right side? Yeah, but it's Correct. so quick. It's like so quick. I, yeah, it, you know what I mean. It, he like he like whips his body around. Um, yeah, he's been fine. I like Aiton has really blown my expectations away. Like I I didn't think he was going to be that good out the gate. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I think he's been fine. I would agree with that. Not a huge letdown. Yeah, I would right? agree with that. I think Aiton has been so good right. that you look at Bagley and you're like, man, and it's not like he's playing bad. I mean, it's you know he's right now he's sitting at what thirteen and thirteen and seven. I mean, that's I mean, yeah. That's not there. You that's go. Not, that's not terrible. So I mean, blocks. Yeah, I mean, he I mean, he can. Yeah. He's yeah. I mean, he's you know a couple box games. So I wouldn't say that he's he's had a terrible been terrible, but you know I think that. Aiton, I think, has played so well that it's kind of kind of overshadowed a little bit. I will but, say, you know, I wouldn't think it was too. bad. We looked at this Duke defense with Wendell Carter and Bagley, and we're like, man, these two people cannot play defense. And I feel like we were just so wrong. Yeah, it's really weird. 
Absolutely. I that's so I've weird. been pleasantly surprised by Bagley. I uh, yeah. He's I think that on offense he's kind of what we were hoping for. You know, it's still early, but on defense it's all it's it's been all upside. Um, mm-hmm. Something some stuff that I've heard thrown around is that you know playing in the in the zone defense at Duke kind of minimized their ability, but now that they're you know, manning up guys uh, in the post, it's it's like they actually are given the freedom because they kind of the way at least that Bagley was positioned is he kind of was was guarding the corner a lot, was guarding kind of defending like a wing sort of off, you know, not right underneath the bucket. And now that he's down low, he's he's just he's making plays. Right. Yeah. Uh, I am more excited to watch him throughout the season than I thought I was going to be which is a plus. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that. All right, my man. Well, we are, uh, we're going to wrap it up, but of course we want to give you a time to shout out your awesome Sacktown royalty pod, um, pod website, everything that Twitter, you guys are doing awesome things over there. So, um, shameless plug, go for it, man. Of course. Thank you guys. Uh, I am, uh, Richard Ivanowski. That's at Ivanowski NBA. Uh, you can just check the link. I'm sure it'll be in there. Don't need to spell it all out. But um, yeah, Sacktown Royalty is is who I work for, and it's, uh, it's the the King's blog for SB Nation. Please check us out, SacktownRoyalty.com. And uh, before I get out of here, I just wanted to ask you guys. Actually, Ben, I know you're a Pacers guy, and we had and you had touched on fantasy there, Kyle. I wanted to ask you about Tyreek because I'm worried about him, and I mean, do I need to? How worried should I be on a one to ten about Tyreek? Uh, He's been so up and down. Um, I would, I would be worried. I would say like a six, honestly. Um, he hasn't been what I thought he would be. Um, you know, I I thought that he would come in, um, be that high kind of energy guy off the bench, and that's been more Sabonis, um, who's yeah. given us that lift off the bench. Um, I don't know if he's just getting adjusted to the offense, but I would be at a six right now. Um, is the Does he have the ability of getting better? Yes. Um, I think the more familiar he gets with the offense and those types of things, I think it'll get a little bit better. Um, but uh, I would hold my water for, for a couple weeks and then see where it is. But right now, I think Sabonis has been the guy that's given him more of a lift than, than anybody off that bench. So. All right, cool. I'll hang on to him for now, and yeah, uh, I'll give probably him, give him a couple weeks. Later. I'll tweet, I'll tweet yeah. at you if, if he puts up another uh, yeah, stinker there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really curious. You're gonna have to tweet us your fantasy basketball lineup because I'm I curious. Will. We did a we did a fantasy basketball league at 48 minutes here. Uh, we did a four man league just oh, okay. just for the for the shit of it. Yeah. And so like I don't know. It's it's one where like we're really just setting our lineups. So I don't I don't know if anyone's picked up anyone yet. But uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a funny one for sure. That's funny. Sure. And then we're I, in an, I'm in another one that's a dynasty league that's like more stressful than my actual job. You know what I mean? I feel like it's like yeah. a second career because it's like there's like a years you can have on these people and it, oh, it's like a, it's a mess. So absolutely, dynasty is the the best too. I uh, I grabbed uh, I got Lavert and T- and Torian Prince. Uh, off like a free agent draft this year, which was awesome. So very nice. Appreciate you guys. Love being on the po- on the pod. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get together again soon. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Thank you, Richard. Bye.
Later. Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, children of all ages, the 48 Minutes Network is proud to present your Shot Collars Podcast. It's the final countdown. All right, Tim hates us. Sorry, producer Tim. Welcome, everyone, to Shot Collars presented by 48 Minutes Network.com. Uh, we are Shot Callers. I, I am Kyle, and joining me as always, my beautiful co host, my uh, Papa Shot partner, Ben Brown. I was in Fuego. You really were. You, were, you were feeling it. I was. Ben scored 55 in Papa Shot. Double Knicks. Which is absolutely incredible. Um, my hand still burns. He is the reigning 48 Minutes Papa Shot champion. We are recording this on a Sunday night. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, some of the interesting stuff that happened this week. Uh, the big game, of course, was the Celtics and the Bucks. The Celtics taking down the Bucks 117-113 to 113 mm-hmm. with the hot hands of all the Celtics shooters shooting uh, 24 threes, just one shy of the record. Ben, what was the biggest thing you learned from this game? The biggest thing I learned is that um, Milwaukee, I feel, may be one player away still. Okay. Um, and don't get me wrong. I, I love Giannis, and I love... I mean, Middleton's been playing out of his flipping gourd. I mean, he's been playing unreal. Um but I just think they're just one guy away, one guy away from really being uh, on that Celtics cusp. I mean, I think they're it's very close, very, very close. And truth be told, I mean, Giannis is getting better and better every game. I mean, he could be enough to put them over the top just by himself. But I think they're one player away. Okay. Um, what kind of player do you think they need to really fill out that rotation? Oh, um, Are they like a Jimmy Butler away? <laughs> They're like a Kyle Korver away. Um, Jimmy Butler would be ideal. I mean that. I mean, you put Jimmy Butler with them, and they they've got to become the favorite for the East, right? I mean, I think so. You go Butler, Giannis, Middleton. I mean, that's yeah, that's a pretty formidable trio. I mean, that's yeah, you know, that's pretty good. I would put them. I mean, I would. You put them over the Celtics? Oh, um, <laughs> dude, that's close though. I mean, I mean, yeah, like that's like. Yeah. I mean, you're adding you're adding a lot. I mean, a lot if you add Butler. I mean, that guy. I mean, not only just offense, but defensively. I mean, he he makes you instantly better on defense. So, and um, they that's where they really struggled. Yeah. For for whatever reason, I don't know if it's early in the season. I don't know what Coach Bud was, what his game plan was, and I'm not here to criticize Coach Bud because I think that we all agree he's probably been the coach of the year up to this point. Absolutely. But he was married to that man-to-man defense in that mm-hmm. game and wouldn't switch players. Every single screen they went over, they just stuck with their guy, and they need to be able to switch. And for whatever reason, they're not switching. I think having if, if they're going to play man-to-man every single possession, every single one, mm-hmm. and not switch, I think they need a really good defensive player. I think that's where, of course, Jimmy Butler would come in great. Yeah. 
you got to have enough. You got to have enough defensive guys. I mean, and I think that's what makes um, Golden State so good. I mean, one through five, you can switch off, and Draymond can end up on the point guard, and you're not like, oh god, like it looks natural, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, that's you know, and that's where Milwaukee is. I mean, if they if you add a guy like Jimmy Butler, that means that you can switch, and Jimmy Butler could end up on a four, and you're okay, right? I mean, I, I think that's where where that kind of player can make all the difference in the world, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm really still not worried about Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Losing by four points as a team, like, is the best yeah. three-point shooting team. Right. <laughs> you know I mean, having the hottest game ever and losing by, by, four. by four, you're fine. You're doing all right. Right, So yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, I'm still not worried about them. Um, I don't know if, I don't think I'm ready to put them above the Celtics, though. No, no. Okay. Um, I think there's a still a, like we talked about a depth issue. Um, the Celtics are so deep. Yeah. Um, and once you know Gordon Hayward gets his you know proverbial legs underneath him, um, I think that it's only going to make them better because he's still not. I mean, he's still not the Gordon Hayward of Utah, where he was just he could dominate a game. He's not there yet. Truth be told, I don't even really think Kyrie is true Kyrie yet. I think those guys coming off injuries, it's really difficult to get back to that grind. Yeah, it was definitely the best Kyrie we've seen yeah. for sure, Yeah, um, which was awesome. I mean, that offense really does need to be led through Kyrie, mm-hmm. and, and I think we saw that. Um, he's been passing up a lot of threes all season, but it, it felt like in this game he was finally shooting those threes, mm-hmm. and that really got the defenders to pull away from other people on Boston and just left his teammates so open to hit more threes. So it really seemed like for their offense to click, which is what we've been saying, is they need to click. Kyrie needed to be hot. He needed to lead the team, and that's what worked. Right. And it seemed like when Tatum was trying to lead, it actually wasn't working, which was a little surprising. Um, I, I think I think it's familiarity. Yeah. Um, I think that Kyrie is more... Um, he's more adept to, to leading a team. I mean, we've seen him. I mean, he's... He's won a championship. He's got that kind of championship mentality. Not saying that Tatum won't have it. I mean, because Tatum's going to be a phenomenal player. I just think Kyrie, when when it's when the it gets down to it, he's got that ability and mentality where that you know he's just able to make those shots. He's able to do those things. I um, mean, he showed, like you said, he showed it a little bit more. He showed it a little bit more now. Or this that, that game versus the Bucks that he had all year. So, okay, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, excited to see the Celtics team firing on all cylinders. It is. It's this Celtics team that you that you and producer Tim picked to win the title. As I stare through you with my eyes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, that was that was that's I st- I stay with my prediction. I mean, I think that. You know, I mean, we producer Tim is wanting out so badly. He does. He does. Bless his heart. But you know what? I, you know, I ain't no quitter. So I mean, we're we're gonna ride this thing out. We're ten games in, and we're gonna see where it goes. Yeah, I don't think it's any time to smash the panic button. No, no, no. for them. No, not at all. Yeah, um, producer Tim, however, is is smashing it and kicking it through the door. I'm seeing a lot of stuff <laughs> on Twitter right now. Some love for Al Horford. Yeah, which I never feel like I see. Pretty. I think one of the more underappreciated guys um, 
real professional. Yeah, he is. He, he is, is a, the professional. He is the professional. Um, I think he's one of the better defenders in the league. I think he's. I, th- I think I'm ready to say that. The fact that I feel comfortable with him guarding anyone on the floor at any time, mm-hmm. I think that just proves that he's he's one of the better defenders in the league. So yeah, we knew this team was really good defensively. We're seeing it. For them to be this good defensively and and be able to shoot this hot is really scary. Yeah, and I know we talked about that in the preseason because we had talked about Brad Stevens' concern about their defense in the preseason. Um, I think they've kind of erased those doubts with how well they've played their first nine or ten games into the season defensively. So, yeah, um, Aaron Baines is a lockdown defender. I, I don't know if I'll say he's elite or anything like that, but he's really good defensively. Mm-hmm. He was hot from three. Um, Marcus Morris was five from five or five or eight in that game from three point range. Marcus Morris, yeah, man, I miss him. He he is. You know I'm a Pistons fan, diehard. Oh yeah, he he was one of the good ones. Yeah, he was, and you guys let him slip through. We did. <laughs> Luckily, we got Avery Bradley though. So that's yeah, good. you should feel good about that. <laughs> no, but he's he's a rough rider um, and a good shooter. So yeah, it was nice to see that. I mean, he was able to get to the he was able to drive to the hole really well. Mm-hmm. And then I think the Bucks recognized that and kind of played off him a bit. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you you can play off me. That's fine." Yeah. Because I'm wet from out here. Yeah, he was hitting buckets. So, about it. it looked like you playing Papa Shot. Hey. Just a grown man hey, getting it. Hey, just getting buckets, you know what I mean? That's what we do. I respect it. <laughs> I respect it. So, uh, the East is looking good. It is. The East is looking good. We're saying this as Toronto is warming up right now. They're a Kawhi-less Toronto team. Boo. Boo that, right. Getting ready to play the Lakers. Mm-hmm. But... I'm really high on the East right now, and uh, and of course, your your Pacers won the other night. Absolutely, Oladipo Ooh. hitting that clutch shot was was really incredible to see. Man, he's just he's just been lights out, man. And, and in those situations too, um, one of you know once again, uh, our good friend Grant Seth. I mean, he pulls out some stuff. I mean, it's, he's going to be a weekly shout out on this pod. He's he a, he's be. a staple. If you don't follow him. Um, that's a botch. You definitely need to follow him on Twitter. Um, that's that's a must follow. Yeah, he has been. I mean, Grant is just amazing, just showing different things. But he he had a stat uh, that he posted that Oladipo is now averaging six point five points per game in clutch situations, and that leads the NBA by point zero seven margin. So I mean, anytime you know there's a situation where it's in the game, like that's the guy you want to have the ball. And he's and he's done it time and time again. So I mean, it's it's been for them. I mean, for him, it's it's always been that type of thing where he always wants to take that shot, and he always, you know, he feels like he can make it. And he is he's been so good, um, you know, in that situation where you know when he took the shot, I was like, man, that's going in, like like no question about it. Um, and that was also just a big win. I mean, that's a big win for for the Pacer family. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I said family. Pacer family. Okay, so I just want to be clear. We just had Richard Ivanowski on this exact pod. And when we talk about the Kings, it's we, our Kings, the king, us, the Kings, we. How's our Kings doing? Hold on, then they lost by 40 tonight. And uh, Hey, your Kings. How are your Kings doing? What's up, your Kings? But now it's family. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pacers is family. 
You know what I mean? Mm. Just like you, I mean, your business is family. You know what I mean? All It's all love. All right. You know? All right. <laughs> Hold on. Tell what you said. No Bulls family. No Bulls family. They're all on the IR. His whole family's on IR. <laughs> whole, whole family. Yeah, Bulls family. What's up, Zion? Yeah. <laughs> What's, that's I'll it. Quick shout out. That's gonna be a good. Uh, that's gonna be a good Champions Classic. I'm oh, excited for it. Man, I got tickets. Yeah, that's gonna. I'm heading. Yeah, that's gonna be. That's gonna be really, really good. Um, and you know, it's that's gonna be. The, yeah, that's our boys at that large bid. I mean, they've they've already covered it last week, but I'm I'm li- waiting to hear what they're gonna say this coming Friday after the games happen. But uh, absolutely, really and and at large bid is a really fun show that 48 Minutes is doing about college basketball um and they definitely got some great insight on it so that's a that's a must follow throw that in your rotation because really it's pivotal to know about college basketball once you get into the pros because these people i mean you want to get ahead on scouting them and stuff like that so make sure you're following that it's a really good follow and be on the lookout for some articles and stuff like that to go on the website about some college basketball because it is all kind of one uh, as Ben would say, one family. One so, family, baby. Absolutely. That's it. Um, what? So, for people that might not follow the Pacers the closest, mm-hmm. what what should those people know? What do the, what do people need to know about the Pacers? Um, Who do they need to know about that they might not be following on a daily basis? Well, I think Oladipo, of course, is is the one. Absolutely. I mean, he's he is our all star. He's our by far our best player. But there's other players too. I mean, Miles Turner um, has been playing well, but the biggest one off the bench has been Sabonis. I mean, Sabonis has been unreal off the bench, and he's he's given them a spark. We thought it was going to be Tyreek Evans, which Tyreek's played okay. I mean, he hasn't. He to me has not been the Tyreek that we're used to seeing. And he um, missed that one game. Yeah. For yeah, from for blowing be, up for practice, being or, late or something, yeah, late practice, or something like that. Come on. Yeah, you can't That's do that. not an Al Horford professional move. That's not a professional move. Not, not at all. Um, but but I do think that once he starts to understand the offense a little bit more, I think he'll be a little bit more loose to be able to do some things. But Sabonis so has been lights out. Um, Thad Young, professional. I mean, he's... <laughs> You know, he, he's, you know, he, I love referring to people as to, professional. To, to professional basketball players as professionals. But I, I mean, I that's my over, new gimmick. There you go. <laughs> but I think overall, I think they just they've been playing a good brand of basketball, and actually, they've just been playing really good defense as well. So I mean, um, they're a fun team to watch, um, and I, you know, I think that they are. Um, this first ten stretch of games has been really good. Good stretch for them. Seven and three. Yeah, seven that's a really three. good place to be after ten they're games. Top, you know, top three in the East. Yeah. Um. So they're, getting they're and, playing well. and getting that tiebreaker. I mean, getting a win against Boston. Right. You know what I mean? Is such a nice tiebreaker it just is. to kind of throw in your pocket right there. So it is. That's a qual. I mean, that's a quality win. Now. Yeah. You know, of that of the you know seven and three, one of those losses was to the Timberwolves, which is I would consider a bad loss since they're a team kind of in turmoil a little bit. Um. But uh, I think the other loss was to the Raptors, and the one was um, I can't remember. So uh, here's my then the Trailblazers. So here's my thing is that makes me nervous with them is they're not they're not smoking teams right now. No, they're they're barely winning games. Yeah. Yeah. So they beat the Cavs by two. Yeah. Nervous. They beat the Knicks by six. 
nervous. Yeah. They beat the Bulls by two. Nervous. Tim, I'm looking at you. They beat the Celtics by one. Now, a win is a win. Right. That's good content right there. A that win is. is a win. That is. Mark that now. Yeah. Throw, that's, that's my quote of this pot. That's, hey. yeah. <laughs> that's my whole quote of this pot. No, a win is a win. Um, but they've won three straight. I think I'm more focused on winning three straight, being mm-hmm. on a nice streak, players being clutch, like you said. Yeah. I think that's probably the thing to focus on. Being a three seed, that's nice to have that little little cushion because I don't project them to stay as a three seed. Um, you know what I mean? They're above Boston. Right. They're above Philly. Maybe they will. Um, I don't. I don't project them to stay as a three. Right. But it's nice for them to have a few wins in their pocket early in the season. It is, and one of them being against Boston is is like you said is really big. Um, when you can can beat a team like Boston, that's always huge. And they're playing the Rockets this week. Mm-hmm. They play the Rockets, the Sixers, the Heat, and then, of course, the Rockets again. Because that's how schedules are. Because that's how the NBA goes. Yes. But um, the Rockets, I think I think it's time to be a little worried about the Rockets, right? And, and you know, I guess we'll wait until probably Thanksgiving. It's probably the time where you can, like, make a real, real informed decision about a team. Right. Um, not, not necessarily ten games in. Or one of the, their second best players suspended. Right. Their best players hurt. Right. I get this isn't the time to to be dramatic, but here we go anyways. Yeah. So my question. I'm worried. Yeah. So my question to you, um, with their best player down, which is Harden, um, they went 0 for five. So, you know, you do have another All Star on that team with Chris Paul. Is does has Chris Paul lost a little bit of his edge, his eliteness, with not being able to bring them wins, or do you think that there's just not a whole lot there, you know, with just you know with just Paul and Harden? Is there not a whole lot there? Yeah, I think this team, um, I think this team needs Harden. I think that Paul is no longer elite, in my opinion. Um, I was. I think I was lower on Tim, on Chris Paul than like the than pretty much everyone in the basketball community. Right. I like Chris Paul. Uh, I like him off the court as you know the leader of the NBA Players Association mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, he was just never my guy personally. Right. Uh, but I think I think this team looks more like the Rockets a few years ago. You know what I mean? Where it was like uh, kind of a few pieces away. Right. Um, Last year was definitely their year. Right. And I think that that window, we I mean, were talking about, is it closing? I think it's closed. Now, I don't know. This It's it's also complicated, mm-hmm. I feel like. Absolutely. Uh, James Ennis is still hurt, but he's still having that one game where he had like 15 points in 17 minutes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't think I see it for this team. Uh, me and you were talking off the pod about, just their defense and I mean they're they're last in the league in what is it points Point, in yeah. the paint or in the at the rim I think it's points at the rim points at the rim now last year they were 28th and their defense was fine but last year they were you know just like we talked about with the bucks last year this team could switch a lot better um, Trevor Ariza was able to switch on like on players so well that this team's just not doing it so I'm just not a full believer in this team. Right. You lose that edge that Clint Capella has with uh, being in a contract year. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I don't think Clint Capella just goes from being really good to being a bum. Right. But I think that with how competitive the NBA is right now, um, this is the most competitive I remember it being in, in recent years. I'm, I'm only 26, but just night in and night out, it feels like a like an absolute war. Yeah. I just don't think it's there for him right now. Yeah, and I, I, I would agree with that. Paul, you know, Harden's not going to come back 100%. Right, it's a mm-hmm. it's a high high grade one, almost a grade two hammy injury. Yeah. So and hamstrings never go away, man. Like that that injury is always nagging. You're one plant away. You're one push away. From and that's his thing. Play, but yeah, that's his thing. Is yeah. those? Pl- yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean that's his that's his game. Yeah. So I mean it, it's you know that never goes away. So I mean he's one just bad step away from you know blowing that thing and him being out for. You know, two to four weeks. Yeah, and I think I think that they're going to need him to be, you know, what I mean, out of his mind. Yeah, and really, he needs to come back for his injury, and him and Chris Paul need to play like every game the rest of this year. I would agree with that. Now they've already had, you know, as many fifteen-point losses this year through the first ten games as they did all last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took them like two months to hit five losses it took them like a week and a half or so to right. hit five losses this year um not they're not a 21 team they're not a 15 win team or a 25 win team right right they're still a 51 team mm-hmm. but they need to get it going and it's hard to imagine them get it going with injured Harden. so right um I don't know if I've smashed the panic button, but I've, I've definitely found where the panic button is. <laughs> You're rubbing the and, top of right. it. Right. <laughs> I've definitely located the panic button for sure. But overall, I mean, we thought, man, the West is loaded. They're going to be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Look at it. You have the Rockets, and you have the Thunder, and you have the Jazz, and it's like Donovan Mitchell's hurt. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City is the easiest team to defend in the league. And they're like worse with Mello, like worse without Mello, and then the Rockets like are worse with Mello, and I don't know. So I'm just trying to blame Mello for everything. I think, <laughs> um, like the Lakers came out not looking great. Mm-hmm. We're watching highlights of Javale McGee as we speak, and like he's their second best player. Question mark? Like, <laughs> he might be their second best player on that team, I think. Uh, I mean, he's leading the league in blocks like by a good margin. He was leading yeah. the league in blocks before he had that six-block game, so he, he's right. really having himself a year. But in general, I think the West has been pretty disappointing. And if we took like a step back, do we really think the West is that much better than the East right now? Well, I mean, if you, if you look at... The West top five. Yeah. And you look at the East top five. You pick so, five teams, I pick five. You know what I mean? Like, right. the West picks five teams, the East picks five Correct. teams. Correct. Who's the best five teams in the West right now? The best five teams in the Golden West. Golden State and Denver. Golden State, Denver. Maybe not what the rankings say. Um, Golden State and Denver. Like, Utah? I would say Utah... Houston probably still. Yeah, Houston still. And I mean 
Right now, San here, Antonio? here we are, and, and I mean, that's, it feels like that's, that's probably the top five right now. It I mean, feels I, like what a week ago when they were like when we were when we all sat together and we're like, can they just let in ten teams in the West? All right, and now we're like, who's the fifth best team? Right, when you go to the East, like Toronto, legitimate contender, Boston, y'all picked them as as a winner, right? Legit contender, Milwaukee. We just said they're holding pace with Boston right now. They're looking good. Indiana's looking good. Philly. Philly, I mean, Philly. Philly's six and five, and we're like, oh gosh, like, like they're a good basketball team. Really good. Joel Embiid is like, is a monster. I, I, and this is really weird. I think Joel Embiid might be, might have went from overrated to underrated. That's. I think so. That's a possibility. I think Joel Embiid going into this season was overrated, mm-hmm. but I think that through ten games has quickly become underrated. How does that happen? Like, like. He's leading this team like he's willing them. Yeah, he's like Dario Saric is not it, Chief, and he's just carrying the load for yeah. him. Seems like Brett Brown's really, really pushing Markel Fultz, mm-hmm. almost detrimentally. But I feel really good about the East right now, and I am a homer. I do like the East, um, but I just I feel really good about it. And I'm not ready to say that the West is like 100% better. I think right. that Golden State's 100% better. But after yeah, that, Golden State. Oh, the Blazers. State. I'll take the Blazers there or the Pelicans, go. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, good teams. Good teams. But like you said, it's not that overwhelming, man. It should be the West versus West Finals. Not like it's not. And it's not. Anymore. It's not. Yeah, it's not overwhelming like that anymore. Yeah. I don't have that feel. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that Oklahoma City is too deep in the hole to come back? Um, well, right now, I mean, are uh, they're four and four? They're sitting at eight. They're eight in the West. Um, I just see them like going on a downward spiral soon. I I, I just I don't like them. I was well, so high on them. I had them in number two. Well, let's look at this. They're eight right now, and ten or eleven are Utah. And Lakers, that's ten eleven. And so, twelve is the Pelicans. And, and Houston. And Houston is thirteen. So let's go ahead and put Houston in. Okay, so Houston's in. But also on, t- but also on that you have Sacramento right now is the six. The Sacramento and Memphis won't make it, but I think right. he, I think that opens up two playoff spots. That's two spots, and you put in Houston and probably LeBron James, honestly. Absolutely. And so like. I don't know if OKC. I don't know. I, I see them getting pushed out. Are they Are they better than the Jazz? No. Are they better than the Lakers? Um. Early season, LeBron is kind of frustrating. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting out of respect for LeBron. No. Okay. Are they better? Than and the, I see. I see them adding people. Yeah. Are they better than the Pelicans? No. Are they better than the Rockets? No. I mean, that's four teams right there. Yeah. And they're definitely not better than the top four right now, which are Portland, Memphis. No, they're not. They're better than Memphis. They're better than Memphis. But Portland, San Antonio, Denver, and Golden State. Yeah. Are the other four that would probably stay in. So. Yeah, the whole thing is is crazy. We knew the the West was going to be nuts. But the teams that are out of the playoffs right now is so crazy. Yeah. So crazy to me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, it's like I said, Houston's at 13 right now, and the Pelicans are at 12, and the Lakers are at 11, and Utah's at 10. I mean, <laughs> like that's that's something we could have never predicted. Yeah. So right now, the the Lakers Toronto game is about to start. Kawhi is not playing in this game. Boo. They're saying it's for a foot injury. What do you think? Do you buy it? They don't want it to be a recruiting trip. Really? Let's be honest. Come you, on, people. You don't think... You think that... They're like, listen, we really want Kawhi to like Toronto. We're not going to trot him out there so that the fans can show him all this love. Right. You think that's it? Oh. Uh, dude, if he would have went to Toronto... If he would have went to this game, do you cannot tell me that he would have not had dinner with LeBron last night. All right. No, I, I mean... And then when he stepped on the floor... Number two, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, they would have went. He would have got the Knicks. He would have got the Knicks Durant treatment. Yeah, they would have went crazy. Yeah, you think Toronto's looking at this like, oh, we'll take this one possible loss. Yeah, but we're gonna put ourselves in a better spot to get absolutely Kawhi back next year. Absolutely, I think I can buy that theory. I mean, it, I mean, Toronto, Toronto is if, especially if they win the East. They're going to go all in for Kawhi. I mean, they're going to go all in. Do you think they go all in and try and get another player like a, let's say Jimmy Butler? I, I think so. I, I think mean, I'm at, I'm almost at the point where like I don't want to talk about Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I know. But he is like this big piece that he's a team a, can add. A, yeah, he's a huge piece, and he could make a contender, a champion, like. Him waving the towel. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's on my list. Like, that's on my list. Like. Get you've got to make a move with this guy. You cannot let him be a distraction to your basketball. It is obvious that he is already affecting Carnley Towns. Carnley Towns has not been the same player ever since they went out in practice. He is shook, and you've left this man on your roster instead of just getting rid of him and trading him and getting value for him. Why would you do that to your franchise? I don't get it. I don't get it either. I think that. Tibbs wants to keep his job so badly that he's going to be incompetent, which I think is going to result in him losing his job from Agreed. being incompetent. Agree. Not from losing games. It's just going to be like, no, you're just making bad decisions. So you're losing your job. Not, right. So yeah, come on. Yeah, I mean he's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't kind yeah. of thing. So uh, the whole thing is going to be interesting. Trade him to the Pistons. Do it. <laughs> do it. I'm. He looks great. And Pacer gold and blue. I'm ready for the Pistons to go all in. <laughs> I'm ready. Oh yeah, go. I'm telling you, any any team that has a shot at winning, at winning their their conference, if you have a shot at winning, you cannot tell me that you are not looking to add Jimmy Butler. That would be nuts. So maybe at the beginning of the season or so, like right before the season started, I would have said Washington was a place to send them. But oh man, oh man! <laughs> yeah, Washington oh. is. It, what? What's what? Wh- it's horrible to even watch. It was. It was actually the worst effort I've ever seen. I don't know ever. Well, maybe ever. It was really, really poor effort. Really poor body language. Like really concerning. Mm-hmm. And it's not Gortat anymore. That can't be used. No. Like, Dwight Howard just started playing. Like, we can't really use the Dwight Howard thing yet. 
Correct. It's John Wall. We're saying this while we're in the state of Kentucky. I'm sorry to like <laughs> most of our listeners that are in Kentucky, but I think it's a John Wall issue. Okay. And I um, think that you have to get rid of him. And John Wall making $44 million in a few years, to me, feels like one of the worst contracts in the NBA, if not the worst. What's the salary cap right now? 102? Yeah. 102. John Wall gets 44 of it. Yeah. Build a team. No. Hard no. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue that that's, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to argue. Like, he is... I'm not doing it. Yeah. You can't... He's not a franchise guy. Does that make... Like... Yeah. But who... Like, is there any team that could take him? I don't think so. I really don't. No. Like, Orlando, maybe? Yeah, I mean... But I don't know if Orlando is like. I don't. I don't know if Orlando even cares enough. Right, and that's the thing is I don't do, think. Do they, they even really, care enough? Yeah. Like. Yeah, I don't think they really care enough to even make that kind of move. Yeah. I mean I, that's. I don't know if they care enough, and I I don't know if like, they feel the urgency to do anything. Right. Yeah. So. It'll it'll be interesting because, that team. Shouldn't be a one and seven team. I mean, they've got enough pieces that they should be, they should be at the top of the Eastern Conference. I mean, not. I mean, of course, we have our disagreements about Wall, but Wall, Beal, Otto Porter. I mean, you've got pieces there. I yeah, and I like you shouldn't be bad. I like Ubre. I do like Ubre. Austin Rivers is funny, so he's there too. <laughs> he's there. I feel like I feel like Austin Rivers should be on this Lakers team. Like we we need a no, like in spirit. In spirit. Yeah, yeah. Not like man, they're really just Austin Rivers away. But like, <laughs> you would think that that's funny to even hear. You, you, man, you know what? We just want Austin Rivers away. No, me. I feel like him and like Lance Stevenson would just sign the same contract. Just oh, like sign their gosh. both their names on it together. Yeah, like it's in like the movie Step Brothers or something. They both show up for the interview. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I can help you with the whole Pan Pam situation. <laughs> my name's Austin Rivers, so. Oh my goodness. He seems like he should be on this team. You know who's gonna be on this team? Who? Tyson Chandler. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which. I don't give a big old shit about. Yeah, like I'm trying to figure out. Well. I guess I'm trying to figure out what the move is there. Like, what's like they want to give they want to give Mo Wagner as little playing time as possible. I think is the play. Like it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Tyson Chandler has that one video, and I feel like I search for it on Twitter like once a month of him playing actually the worst defense I've ever seen. And there's like tons of video of bad defense on the internet. This one's the worst, so I'm gonna look for it again. But after watching it, I just, like, don't care about him. I think he's done. Agreed. I don't think he's some, like, defensive force anymore. I don't right. Think, I don't think he's got it, so. I mean, he's, I don't know. He's got a really good resume. Yeah, he does. Which I think LeBron cares about. Yeah. Which I think is apparent, actually, in in the team that he built. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just a... Uh... 
I don't know. It's just very, very odd signing, I guess. I don't know. It is. Uh, we're going to take a break for just one second, and we will be back with our Twitter Take of the Week. All right, and we're back with uh, a really fun segment. We like to do our NBA Twitter Hot Take of the Week. Uh, every week, of course, we have a group chat that we're sending uh, insane Twitter uh, takes to each other. And, um, that we can't ever get shot inconsistently on? Of, of, course, <laughs> of course, laughing about and everything like that. Um, but yeah, we, we like to, we're not going to put anyone on blast. Of course, no one's, we don't at people. Yeah. We're not dragging them out on front street and making fun of them. No, but, uh, a take I saw this week on Twitter was someone said the Celtics are better with Jalen Brown coming off the bench. Ben, what's your immediate reaction? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think that, um, I think Jalen Brown, as a starter player, he pays dividends for them um, offensively and defensively. But he wasn't playing in the game where they scored a trillion threes. What do you have to say to that? Checkmate. Um, Marcus Morris will never hit five of eight threes ever again. Jalen Brown's better than Semi Ojale. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Big take there. Correct. That's big if true. <laughs> Absolutely. But, hold on, hold on, okay. wait. But, I think I might believe that Jalen Brown might convolute the offense. Okay, explain. So, I think the theory here, and I don't know if I agree or not. I, I would say, I don't know. I don't know if I agree or not. But, I think the theory behind the tweet is that when Jalen Brown doesn't go out with the starters, that's one less mouth to feed. And it's really all about just feeding the hot hand. You know, it was Kyrie Irving for a moment, and mm-hmm. then it was Marcus Morris. It's all about feeding the hot hand, not feeding everyone, and not feeding egos. Okay. And then Jalen Brown coming off the bench. I mean, Jalen Brown, if Jalen Brown comes off the bench, that's like easily the best bench player in the league. Is that, do we agree on that? Um, yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and he can still get 30 minutes off the bench. Agree. Uh, and he can still finish games. But it's just about, you know, throughout the game, you're able to just really feed the hot hand. It's a really interesting take. I, of course, am not a coach of the Professional Basketball Association, nor the I. NBA. <laughs> uh, nor are you. You are, you are a coach of a, of a football team. I, I, I do. Um, which I respect that, but uh, that was an. In- we just watched a, a really good, really good slam dunk, guys. <laughs> that was a good dunk. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a really interesting take. I think that I would like to see it in practice. I would like to see some games where he does come off the bench to see what it looks like. Um, I guess we can see it through like a Gordon Hayward easier. Mm-hmm. But I think with Jalen Brown going into a contract, that's probably not going to happen because it probably wouldn't feed that ego enough. Right. But I think the focus needs to be Kyrie and then Tatum. And I don't know if they can do all that, if they just have too many people on the floor. Like the Warriors, the Warriors are like, yeah, we just got four good people on the floor. And like, whatever. Right. And you even see like during Warrior games, 
the bench will just be like, don't pass, shoot, <laughs> just shoot the ball. And, well, they'll, and yeah. like, they'll just have these games where their players are so hot. Right. Well, I think, too, that I think with Golden State, um, there are no egos. I mean... Yeah, I recognize I, the difference between I, yeah. the two. I just think that, yeah, I think that there is... Um, one, one team has three chips. One team has, you right. know, th- I don't know, three players in the top 20. Absolutely. And two of the top five. Where they, you know, the Celtics don't have any top 10 players. Right. So, I don't know. It's an interesting take. It is an interesting take. Um, I guess that's something I'll be paying attention to is how uh, how the unit does as a whole right. when everyone is in, and if it really helps to have someone kind of be missing. So appreciate uh, appreciate everyone listening to Shot Callers this week. Of course, um, there will be an episode of Forty Eight Minutes Proper, as we call it, going up in a few days. Um, in between there. I'm headed to the Champions Classic. Hopefully, I'll get an article on that soon um, about Zion Williamson and just how insane of a human being he is in real life. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter. That's really the biggest thing. Uh, of course, if you like what you're hearing, please uh, throw us a uh, follow, um, subscribe, chat with us, tell us what you want to hear about. We'd love to talk. I mean... We love talking hoops, whatever that really means. So, absolutely, um, just kind of give us a shout. So, appreciate you guys listening. Have a great week. Take care. Have a good one, guys. Thank you.